Hey everyone, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. You're listening to our podcast from our church and we're excited that you are. This week we're talking about 1 John Part 2. Last week we covered kind of a, oh, really from beginning to end of 1 John in some seeming contradictions about whether or not Christians sin. And uh, we've been talking about being secure in our salvation. So this week we're going to kind of fill out that picture. And hopefully if you were confused last week, this helps. But uh, but this week we, we kind of look at what is John actually saying and, and how can we uh, live in the same way. So again, we're glad that you're joining us. Come join us in person sometime. We'll see you soon. Well, good morning again. Again, it's uh, good to see you all. Uh, I did forget one announcement. We've got a couple jars over here on the table. Um, those are for uh, our building fund and what we're uh, wanting to do here. Um, I know it on the top, it, it's got a slit. It looks like it's for coins. That's for $100 bills. Um, <laughs> so if you've got a lot of those at home, just take a couple of jars, and then you can fill those up and bring those back. Um, but uh, forgot to mention that. Jordan mentioned uh, his um, interesting trip to the, uh, the, the doctor this week, and uh, I can kind of relate. I've never, I've never fainted, uh, but I've been in positions where you just got to lay down. Uh, so I told Jordan first service, I said, you just got to lay down, it'll pass. Um, I, uh, I, I visited a doctor one time, and uh, this nurse was interning, and as she was taking my vitals, she told me how nervous she was to take my vitals. And so when she, when she went to draw my blood as well, I was real confident in her job. <laughs> And a few minutes later, I was needing to lay down. So uh, been there before. I also woke up from a shoulder surgery, and I had a nurse who was very, very pregnant uh, saying, do you want me to get a, a wheelchair? I don't think I can you know, hold you up. I'm like, listen, get a wheelchair right now. Uh, I, do, I know how this will go very quickly because I had just woken up too. So uh, sometimes you just got to do what you can do. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun sometimes. Not at all, uh, if you've ever been there before. Um, last, um, for, before I uh, jump into our lesson, I just want to say how excited I am. Uh, I know, you know, when we're talking about the, the church and getting land and building, and none of it's going nearly as fast as what a lot of us hope. And we can, we can start feeling like, ah, it's never going to happen, and we can get down. I am still very excited. I, I hope you guys know that. I'm ex- we're, our family is excited to be here. Uh, Katie and I are, you know, we're members of many Facebook groups and stuff like that here in the area. And I know some people don't even like that Mont Bellevue's growing. I get that. I'm from a small town, 1,200 here. Um, class of 2001, 38 people, okay? So a uh, small town person. Uh, but I'm also very excited to, to move here and, and to see, you know, so much. I've never lived in a place where uh, we've lived in a place five times this size, but it wasn't growing. You know, so it was, it was pretty stagnant. You know, if new stuff came in, it was pretty rare. Uh, and, and so uh, it's, it's very exciting for us. And I hope that as people move in, as we get all this growth, that, that they find a, a people who love Jesus and who are excited about it. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're sitting there thinking, ah, this is not going nearly as fast as I want or whatever, hey, let's hang in there. Uh, we've all lived long enough, I think, to know it's in God's timing, right? And we'll, we'll get to a point where we look back and we go, oh, that's what he was doing. That's why we were waiting. We don't see it right now, and it drives me nuts, right? But we will see uh, in the future. So today, we are in probably 
the fourth and final sermon of the non-series that we've been going through. Of the series, yeah. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not writing that in concrete for sure. Um, but uh, I've really enjoyed it. Like I told you guys, I've had a lot of feedback and um, a lot of hugs and, and little comments and. Uh, and so it was something that was needed, and I'm, I'm glad that we can go through Scripture and see some things that maybe weren't emphasized before. And so what we talked about uh, prior to last week, we had two sermons where we talked about being able to have confidence in our salvation, or even uh, well, Scripture uses confidence one time and uses boasting another time. And so after those lessons, uh, hopefully you felt confident, a little more confident in salvation, because for a lot of us, we were raised that confidence was not attainable. We knew our sin. We knew we failed. We knew that was not something we could do. In fact, if somebody else said they had confidence in their salvation, we felt like that was something we needed to address and tell them all the reasons they should not have confidence in their salvation. Last week, I confused you, probably, uh, because we went through First John, and we, we went through a lot of Scripture, as we will today, and we read where, where John is, is addressing some things, but as he's, as he's talking to these people, in one moment he's talking about how you can have confidence, you can walk in the light, you can have all of these things. And then the next minute he says something like, no one you know, who follows Jesus continues to sin. And you go, well, which is it? And, and so I even had one person last week say, all right, I'm even more confused now. And so if that's where you are, that's okay, that is just fine. Uh, I do want to encourage you, if you haven't read the whole book of 1 John, again, it's, it's five chapters. You could probably, if you're a very fast reader, probably 10 minutes max, uh, and you'll be done with that. But today we're going to try and fill out the rest of the picture of 1 John so that hopefully it makes sense what John is addressing and how, again, I want to, to put to you that we can have confidence in our salvation. Again, not because of who we are or what we have done, but because of him Amen. and what he has done for us. That's it. That's, that's why we can have that confidence. Not, hey, God, you owe me. We understand that? All right. Because I think, I think a part of that equation for us growing up when we had to correct other people is we assumed that it was a self-righteous confidence. Like, I, I have done enough. I can't, you know, I have earned it. When, in fact, Scripture tells us we can have confidence because of God. Okay, so 1 John part 2 sermon. Again, we're going to cover some ground today, and uh, we're going to start where we left off last week. So 1 John 3 uh, was two things. One of the hardest sections where John kind of makes you feel like maybe that I can't have confidence, but also I believe the key kind of to understanding what he's talking about as well. So 1 John 3, uh, starting in verse 4, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. And that's where we go, oh no, because I know me, right? Like even if I'm putting on a mask around all of you guys, I know what I'm struggling with. I know what's going on, right? You know what's good. You know your struggles. And so we come to something like this and we go, well, okay, maybe I'm not in. And so our problem is, and the unfortunate thing is, I believe in our minds, for a lot of us, we have broken down our salvation into a, a timing issue. 
hopefully God will save me because I confessed that last sin right before I died. Again, going back to the, the joke about the baptistry and us, right? Best time for us to die in the baptistry because we're not sure after that. Okay? And so I believe that warps our picture of who God is, that God is a God. Oh, yeah, we read about he loves us. He even sent his son while we were sinners. But then it's still God is a God who would allow it just to be a timing issue, that he doesn't look at our heart. Just, well, you know, he didn't, he didn't confess right before he died. I've got to send him somewhere else. And that kind of warps who, you know, how we see God, I think, in these moments. And so the key to this, I believe, and what I told you last week is uh, there in, in verse 4 where uh, John says, in fact, sin is lawlessness. And we'll kind of fill this picture out even more today. But I think what John is trying to tell you, it's not the, the struggles that you have, that thing that you keep, that keeps bothering you, that you keep fighting with, that you're upset with yourself, that I did it again. Sin that he's talking about that puts you outside of Christ is the sin that I am no longer worried about. It's the sin I am embracing. It is the sin of lawlessness that I am no longer putting myself under any kind of law of Christ or anything like that. Okay, so I have intentionally stepped outside of what Jesus wants me to do, okay? You understand what I'm saying there? Okay, it's not the everyday struggle. And, and again, we'll talk about that, the quote I gave you last week that I'd kind of worked on. Uh, but that feeling that you have of, of anxiety or worried about it shows that you do care. Okay, so that, that should help us to understand, I have not made a step outside into lawlessness because I do care. And yeah, I mess up, but I, I want to be there right there with Jesus. Okay, all right, let's continue on. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sitting from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So if you weren't here last week, you read this, and if you're, not, if you're just thinking a sin is a sin then you're thinking, okay, I'm definitely out, right? Because I know I sin, and sin is of, of the devil here. I'm not God's child. But if you're seeing this as sin, as stepping outside of what Christ wants, like intentionally, I'm done, I'm saying I'm done, then you, you kind of understand this more. And remember, we're not going to read it today, but last week we read the scripture in 1 John where he talks about there's a sin that leads to death and there's sin that doesn't. And those of us who have walked around saying sin is sin, we go, well, what's that about? Right? Okay, and that's what he's talking about. That there are sins, there are mess-ups. We all know that. He even says, if you sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, before the Father. So when you sin, Jesus comes between you and God saying, I've got this. He's mine. They came to me, okay? They are a child of mine, Okay? And so he's, he, you're having to hold all of these things together. And I know it, is, it can be confusing. But again, think about this sin as I'm deciding to step outside and I, don't, I no longer care. But look, look I want to say this. Uh, no, he says this. He says, anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. 
Isn't that interesting that he throws that in here? Like very specific. Like he's being very vague, very general, right? Sounds like it. But he throws, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. I want you to hold on to that because he's going to say it again and again and again. I'm going to ask you, what's he saying? Okay? All right, for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder, murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. This is one of those, okay, self-assessment time scriptures, isn't it? We know we have passed from death to life if what, church? We love each other, okay? There it is again. You can't just walk around saying, you know, I believe this and that. One of the big issues I believe we have had in, in churches of Christ, I don't, I, that's my only context, so I don't know if anybody else does the same thing. But we have been so focused on you have to believe the right thing that sometimes we've forgotten how to be the right thing, okay? It's all about what I believe instead of being like Jesus, Right? And so it's all about checklists and, and how do we get this, but then in principle and action, we don't really mirror that. And John's going to talk about that a little more uh, as we go. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Any questions on that? <laughs> Whew. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay, our, lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Again, that extension of love uh, to those around us. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Remember James, when he talks about this, he talks about, you know, someone coming to your house and you say, you know, go in peace, be, what, what is it, be warmed and fed or, you know, something like that. It's like, what good is it if you're out here talking about, hey, uh, this is a great idea. We should be loving people. We should love our brothers and sisters. And then in practice, you have no desire to do it. Francis Chan calls it a holy huddle is what we usually do. So it's like a football team that comes and circles up and we all call the play and we say, everybody ought to, you know, it'd be great if the, wor if the world would just love each other. Let's bring peace. And we all agree that's a great play to run. That'll work. We ought to run that. And said, then we break the huddle and go back to the bench. And we never run the play. And that's how church can be sometimes. That if all our church is, is to come out here and to just talk and to say things that we all agree with, and we don't really do anything with that, what good is that? Let us all not, not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So when confronted, when, when you know somebody is in need of something, can you help? That's how you show love for one another, right? And you don't just, oh, okay, cool. Um, I'll pray for that. Sometimes I think we can, um, that can be the James thing. I'll just pray for you. Be warmed and, and well fed, right? 
when, if we were really showing the love of Jesus to people, we could say, oh, I can help that. Well, maybe I can't help at all, but I can help in some way, right? All right. So we've got to be people uh, of action. Dear friends, do not believe, and we're in chapter four here. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Now, what John is dealing with here is that some people are claiming to have the spirit of God. Okay? He said, there are many spirits. You test those things. Like I told you guys to test scripture, right? Scripture tells us you need to test, right? You need to find out if these things are true. He said, this is how you know um, about the Antichrist. How many times have, have you heard the Antichrist is like an end times thing? Anybody heard that before? Yeah. And what, what he says here is very simple. By the way, the Antichrist is already here. An Antichrist is, is someone claiming that Jesus is not from God. That is, that is who an Antichrist is. And so G, uh, what John is talking about, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to peop, Jesus' people, and they're being kind of inundated with other influences also claiming to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, you may see this manifested even today uh, with people who just kind of use that, I heard from God and he told me, and always kind of seems to be a little self-serving. Um, and, and I've told you guys before, I'm open to, if God wants to talk to me, I'm not telling him he can't, right? So I'm open to that, but, but when you see... When you see, uh, you know, the, the person who constantly they hear from God and it somehow always benefits them and no one else, like that's a test of the spirit. All right, what's happening here? Is this really, should we just claim? And that's what he's saying. People are claiming they've got the Holy Spirit and these things are from God. It's like you can test this because the Antichrist will say, all right, well, Jesus wasn't actually from God. And that Antichrist was already there in the world, he says. Uh, there in, in verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not go know God, because God is love. You ever heard that before? That would be good if we put a melody on that, wouldn't it? That's a good verse, right? Love, 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 love. And I hear church people, I don't want to hear another sermon on love, right? Now you got to ignore scripture then, I guess. I don't know. Um, because that's what it says. This is, this is one of those tests that you've got to love people. If somebody's coming here claiming to you having the Holy Spirit, I heard from God, and a, here, I need to let you know these things, and they're a person who doesn't love people, you can just go ahead and ignore that because that is not from God because God is love. And so we, when we pray for being, uh, whether it be salt or light, we understand that as an example out in the community. If we go out in the community claiming Jesus Christ, but what we're really doing is something way different, that's a problem, isn't it? That I'm going to claim, hey, I believe the right things. I came to church this week, but then I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to be the most hateful old Southern insert there, right? That's not from God, is it? 
But again, you, you see kind of a, a legalism, and, and if you don't know what the term legalism is, it's kind of seeing everything as a rule or a law, and it, it, it takes out any kind of, it really kind of takes out some grace, if you want to be honest. But it is, it is just, I need to do all of these things when Scripture keeps saying, why don't you just be this kind of person? And we're so focused on, i got to do this, this, this. And, and, and what it keeps saying is, why don't you be, be like this? Won't you be a loving person? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might, have lo- we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As DC uh, talked about during communion, that Jesus was sent because God loved us. Jesus was sent once and for all to cover all of our sin. How much of it, y'all? All of it. Again, that metaphor. One of my favorite professors from Harding, my favorite professor, I'll just go ahead and say it. Me and him, he and I preached the same thing on the same Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. We both used the old metaphor. Some of you knew it, some of you didn't, where we kind of thought of grace as, uh, you know, you go so far and then God covers the rest. And for whatever reason, whenever we used that, it was like a, uh, 80% us and 20% God or something. Anybody ever, ever have anything like that? Okay, new to, new to some of you. But that's how, if we ever heard about grace, it was kind of put in that way. Like, ah, you know, God will cover just that last. I don't know if it's a pass-fail thing, but, you know, you need to be on over there, 90%. But God's grace covers all of it. Jesus' blood covers everything. You can't earn it. You can try but you're never going to get there. You can never do enough. God's love is shown in that he sent Jesus. Remember, we read this from, uh, uh, from Romans at just the right time when you had no standing. You couldn't say, well, I've been baptized. I have accomplished. No. While you were sinners, while you were God's enemy, that's when God sent Jesus. And so you have... No reason to sit here and say, oh, it's because of what I did, or I've, I've checked all the boxes. No. No, and we'll see what he asks you to do here. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Y'all got that yet? No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us if we love one another. You think John thinks that's a big deal? Yeah, we're not even done yet. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. Okay, here's another kind of test, right? This is how you know if we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us, okay? So here's a test. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, when Ethan was baptized last week, he stood in the hot tub. See, we do have warm water. Um, He stood in the hot tub, and he asked him that question. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That's a great confession, right? I'm going to ask you that right now. Who in here believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Raise your hand, please. Okay. So what John is saying, and what you'll see all through the the scriptures is, okay, now that you believe that, now that you say that, well, that means something has to happen. 
Okay? So if I can say that, then, then this is for me today. This is for me to look at my life and say, okay, I say that Jesus is Lord. I say that Jesus is the Son of God. I got to work on my relationships with people. And so you look at something like this, you say, all right, well, how well do I love my family? How well do I love my, my friends, my close friends? How about those acquaintances? In-laws. <laughs> Dare we say the other political party, whichever that is for you. Ooh. Anybody's toes get stepped on? Just don't raise your hand, that's fine. <laughs> Just know we got work on that. Because there's no if we love people but, if we love people if, only if, if they fit this criteria, is it? We got a lot of people, don't we? That is a test of being Jesus' people. Um, yeah, next, I was trying to figure out where it was. Next slide here. God is love. Whoever lives in, in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have, what's that word? Confidence. On the day of judgment, in this world, we are like Jesus. And I know, I said last week, when you read this scripture, uh, a lot of us may think, okay, I can't be like Jesus. He was perfect. That's not what he's talking about. You've got to be like Jesus. You've got to be a person in the world that's, that's trying to, to make a difference. You're trying to live for him. He knows, you can read the rest of this book, he knows you're going to sin. Actually says, if you say, uh, do not sin, you are a liar. You're calling God a liar. So if he says this, he said, you got to live like Jesus. You, you can't be out here again being someone who, oh, I just claim Jesus, but I'm going to live in some other way. That is lawlessness. And so we've got to ask ourselves this morning, am I a kind of person who actually loves people, or am I just out here just kind of blowing hot air? What is my example out into the world? And I would bet for most of us, it's like this sometimes, right? Sometimes I'm at the top, I'm, I'm doing well. Sometimes it's like, oh, I need to correct this thing. I've had a bad week. I had a lot of stress. Something happened uh, medically, you know? Something happened that kind of threw me off course. Right here, John says you can have confidence. Live like Jesus. And I know that feels like a, a high standard, and it should. But we should also, if we're claiming Jesus is Lord of our life, we should want to, to live in the way that he's asked us. And again, that is to, what he's focused on here is to love other people. Because there's so much that goes just into that. Just like we talk about faith, faith being a trust. Faith is not just like believing, oh yeah, I believe that. No, it is, it is, it is like uh, full of meaning. That I'm going to give myself, I'm going to take what you're saying, and I'm going to believe it, I'm going to do it. And that's the same thing here that, that love goes into. He says, we know, uh, this is in uh, John, 1 John 2. He says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Any question? I know who he is. Uh, that's what we're talking about, right? That's John saying exactly what, I know this is, a, I'll change my name to Gunter uh, right now. So uh, Gunter can say, and, and the writer John can say as well. What the writer John is saying is what I just said, right? Whoever says this but doesn't actually do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys the word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did, okay? 
We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot, cannot love God whom they have not seen. You can't walk around thinking, oh, I've done all these checkmark things, but your attitude toward your brother and sister, not good. He said, how in the world could somebody who can sit here beside you, walk alongside you, see you, shake your hand, talk to you, how could you not love someone here, but then love God who you have not seen? How could you do that? That doesn't make sense. This is what he's saying. You're, you're a liar. And it says uh, you cannot love God. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. All right, we got this by now, right? I should have written numbers beside it. This is the 10th time John has said this. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Now, what did we read what his commands were? Love. Love. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you walk, you walk away from this book going, okay, I'm getting it now. Because he said it so many times. You're like, you come to it, you're like, all right, it's like watching a movie. You already know what's going on. You know, you've watched enough movies, you kind of know the hero gets knocked down, but he's coming back, right? You know the plot. The command is, you know, and, and if you're in the, the mind of, I just need a checklist to, to fill out, and we love our checklists, you, you see commands like, okay, I can do that, but no, he, he's told you the command is to love because there's so much, he says, to believe in Jesus and to love people. Well, and there's so much more in those things, okay? We're not just saying this is some kind of, little simple, just do that, and then your whole rest of your life can be a train wreck. He doesn't say that, does he? There's, there's so much more in these things that you're following Jesus, you're living like Christ, that it's important to you. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God becomes, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So you raise your hand. That means something right here, doesn't it? But I claim Jesus, and because of that, I will overcome the world. There is more than just what we see right here in front of us. And for a lot of us, I know our discussions here lately, that's not saying a whole bunch about what's going on around here. Like, it's not a positive thing what we're seeing. So we want to be want to experience more than just this, don't we? But you overcome the world because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Are you a Jesus person or are you not? That's what he's saying. Are you following Jesus or are you not? You can, you can sit there and you can lie to yourself and make excuses or, or whatever and try to make yourself feel better, but it just boils down to this. Are you following Christ or are you not? And if you are, you're going to be one of those that overcomes the world, and because of that, you can have confidence in your salvation where you stand before God because of what he has done. And because of what he has done, you're following him. Remember from last week, we talked about this, the feeling that you have uh, that, that makes you feel anxious about your salvation is the same feeling 
that should help you understand your security of your salvation. Okay? Again, because that is, that is telling you, okay, I do care. That, that fear, that worry, that anxiety that I'll never be enough, but God, God has taken care of that. And because I haven't put that off and said, you know what, I, I'm, I don't care about that anymore, that feeling should help you feel secure in your salvation because you do care. You do want to walk with him. You do want to have that relationship. I hope that's helpful for you. Because for a lot of us, again, it was always shaky ground. It was always the tightrope act. It was always the, when's the timing going to happen? When am I going to die? Living in fear, like actual fear. I just hope. When we don't read about a God that's like that, when we read about a God who has done everything he can to draw us in, hasn't he? So can you imagine reading about a God who does everything to draw us in, even coming to earth to send his son to die on earth for us, that it just works out to be like a menial time issue? Well, didn't make it. I told him. Oh, God judges our heart, and aren't we thankful for that? That there's no trial here where you all have to guess somebody's motives. You have to guess their heart, that God knows our heart. And if we lived a life trying to follow Jesus, that, yeah, we messed up. John tells us, go back and read it. Yeah, we messed up. But Jesus, because we have Jesus, as our advocate, we will overcome the world. And that's good news. Now, if something else comes up, we'll have part five next week. <laughs> so ask your question. We'll sure do it. But I just want to encourage you today, if, if that relationship is not right, there is no shame in just saying that, right? I talked a couple of weeks ago about being authentic, but that's what we need more of. Um, we kind of made, um, so I worked at a bank one time. I'm sorry, I'm keeping you all late. I'll, uh, Bill Jordan. Um, <laughs> I worked at a bank one time and we had to do some repairs to the drive through window. Well, my church sat in the same parking lot, like out the drive through window. I'm looking at my church building. And uh, when we were repairing the drive through window, we came across a bulletin from like the 70s or something, you know, back time of Moses, I think. Um, <laughs> see, I can say that because I was born in the 80s. So uh, those of you born around 99 or 2000 or whatever it was, it, yeah. But uh, in that bulletin, the people who responded, I mean, we had a list. So-and-so asking for prayers, so-and-so asking for prayers. At some point in our lives, we decided that was kind of, a, kind of an embarrassing thing or I don't know what, but we stopped responding as much. And I want to tell you, when we talk about stuff like this, there's no greater joy for me as a minister to see someone say, listen, I understand where I am and I need, I need the prayers of the church. I want to fix this right now. Again, that is saying I am wanting to walk in the light as he's in the light. That the Holy Spirit is, is indwelling within me, Acts 2. And he's convicting me of these things, and I want to make sure I am right with Jesus. And so we're going to offer an invitation right now. We'd love to see you either make that relationship right uh, that, that has been going south or start that relationship just as Ethan did last week. What a wonderful time it is to rejoice with a new brother. And I hope you'll, you'll stay around and just, just uh, talk to him a second.
But if, if there's anything we can do for you, if we can pray, pray with you, we'd love to do that. I'd uh, love to lift you, lift you up to the Father at this time. Would you come as we stand and sing?